Brandon taking me back to junior high social dance. Good memories. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas here with you talking all things fantasy sports for the next 53 minutes before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell with the lowdown with low tie today on the show. We'll talk all things NHL. Maybe we'll stay away from the Oilers for the next hour. Give you guys a break. We could talk about it from a fantasy perspective, but last night uh, there wasn't a whole lot of good for the oil as they fall to the New York Rangers. They're now off until Sunday when they take on the Calgary Flames, the Heritage Classic, which will be interesting because Two teams on four-game losing skids meeting in a very hyped-up matchup. We'll see how that one goes. Of course, we always like you in the conversation. one 401 is the text line. You can also get us on social media. Twitter slash X at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D 1727. We'll talk some NFL as well. Brian, sorry, Brandon Funston will join us. This guy has done it all. He's formerly with ESPN and Yahoo now covers fantasy football with The Athletic. He'll be joining us in about 17 minutes time to help you out with your squads. You can always, like I said, get those texts into us at one 401 Brandon, very quickly, uh, I had tweeted out that if my tweet had got 500 retweets, you would try to drink 25 milkshakes in a one-hour span because Jack's driving out in Spruce Grove dropped off some milkshakes. They were unbelievable. You put one down in about three minutes. Uh, what kind did you get? I uh, I went for the the regular vanilla, which is kind of a vanilla choice. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with the classic. I, I gave Kevin the strawberry one. He said it was terrific. And there's a couple kind of unique flavors out there. A butterscotch I yeah. saw. Uh, maybe even a coffee one. I know that's... Uh, pineapple? Maybe, pineapple. There's a pineapple one. Was there licorice? Didn't see licorice. No. Good. Like because, black licorice? Yeah. Sambuca. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That was that was an entire conversation one day on the Kevin Carey show. And Kevin, uh, still, he that was the first thing he asked. He's like, is there any licorice flavor ones out there? And I was like, no, Kevin, nobody wants that. Well, actually, as I was sitting out there, Greg Shannon from CFCW was <laughs> asking if there was any black licorice. So, you know what? There's some people out there that like it. Uh Back in my day, I, I preferred it in a shot glass in a you know, an ounce of it or whatever it, it comes in the shot. Is that an ounce? Ounce, ounce and a half somewhere. Yeah. Not to, but did you light them Make on it fire? A double. No, because that, that just burned the alcohol off. But no, you light it on fire once it's already in your mouth. You like hold, you put it in your mouth, you like tilt your head back, back your throat, a little sprinkle of cinnamon, light the match, and then close the jar. You've never done that? No, That's, no. That was a tradition at Garno Pub. Or, okay. as, uh, or as we more ref- affectionately refer to it as, is Jimmy's. Uh, Jimmy the Greek, the uh, one of the three owners there. Uh, even in their uh, elder years, still were confident in their abilities to make sure nobody would, uh, you know, burn the inside of their mouth uh, off. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun little tradition we did down there at the pub. Did that once, actually. Took a walk. We were at Hudson's at Bourbon Street, and I took a walk down to, like, the, the hotel bar at Fantasyland Hotel, and they did that. They just lit my shot on fire, and I was very taken aback by it i said no don't do that that's just for drinking not for lighting on fire but it's a it is a cool party trick and uh i drove past the what did you call it jimmy the greeks just jimmy's 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 yeah drove past that last night r.i.p 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 to garno pub (laughs) 
Uh, fantasy football is uh, going to be the topic today as well as NHL fantasy. Uh, Brandon, you were down at the Canadian Brew House last night. Obviously, you took in the Oilers game, but you also had a little fantasy football coverage because uh, one of the guys that we talked about on the show yesterday, uh, and I, I threw his name out there. It was a little selfish, but it was Dalton Kincaid, tight end for the Bills. And he looked okay, actually. Five receptions, 65 yards, and a score. It would actually worked out for me. I benched Kyle Pitts. I finally made the decision to end it all and move on from Kyle Pitts, and it actually worked out. And I think I got my starting tight end for the next three weeks. Now, Kyle Pitts will probably score a couple touchdowns because that seems to be the way it's gone for me this year. But, I mean, the Bills might have their next great weapon in uh, Kincaid there. Yeah, it was the first kind of chance uh, we've had to see Kincaid uh, in full flight, right? Uh, he's been playing in kind of a tandem system with Dawson Knox to start this season. And Dawson Knox, a great tight end in his own right. But uh, yeah, we saw Kincaid and saw the reasons why Buffalo kind of went seemingly out of their way to choose a tight end at that position where they did when uh, kind of seems like with Knox already in the fold, they could have maybe addressed a different position. But it looks like it's a great choice uh, as of this morning here. They hold off that second half push by the Buccaneers, which... That could be probably an entire show in and of itself, discussing Baker Mayfield and that uh, Bucks offense. But uh, good for the Bills, a win they obviously needed. And now maybe they're hoping for a little help from their uh, the team that beat them last week, the Patriots, on Sunday against the uh, other team in their division, the Dolphins. Yeah, for the Buccaneers, I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, both finding the end zone. Chris Godwin potentially could have had another touchdown on the Hail Mary at the end of the game. I saw a lot of people saying, just turn your head like it's that easy. It's that's like the, that meme of like the guy on the couch with the chips all over himself. Like, oh, what an idiot! Like, yeah. come on, that that is a bang bang play. He's getting grabbed uh, for Chris Godwin. Yes, I'm a Godwin def- supporter defender, uh, but it was not that easy. So, if you have any questions for fantasy football heading into uh, this weekend, no buys, which is terrific. Uh, let us know one eight three three four zero one fourteen. 40 at the text line. Uh, if you had Khalil Shakur, not a bad game either. Gabe Davis, 87 yards and a touchdown. Nine receptions. PPR league, that's terrific. Same with Stephon Diggs. Nine catches for him. At the running back position, James Cook and Rashad White both had okay games. Rashad White, uh, I mean, I guess, like I said, PPR league. He had seven receptions for 70 yards. That was coming on seven targets. Had 39 yards on the ground, averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, James Cook on the other side, 14 carries, 67 yards. So, you know, seven-ish points for him. He also had one reception for six yards. And Latavius Murray only getting five carries. So if you're in a deep league and you started Latavius, maybe not a great one for you. Josh Allen, kind of a Josh Allen night, completing 75% of his passes for two touchdowns and a score. Uh, Baker Mayfield, not the most yardage, but two touchdowns. Maybe you were in a a two-quarterback league and you had to start Baker Mayfield. Uh, Not the worst performance it could have been. For him, uh, Brandon... We, we talked a little bit about uh, yesterday, you know, some of the, the top goal scorers in the league and, and how long it could continue. Uh, Jack Hughes, obviously, with the Devils. And then Alex Dabrinkit for the, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Great start to the season. Uh, when you're looking this weekend in daily fantasy, is there anyone for you right now that's kind of popping off on the schedule you think, guys, you should probably look at to, to be safe starts? Uh, well, if we're starting tonight, a uh, six-game slate, so quite a uh, good um, diversity of choices, I guess, not a one- or two-game one like we had earlier this week where it's like, well, basically just pick <laughs> uh, pick the top line pick for, for one team and, 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 hope for, and hope for the best, right? Uh, no, so a decent selection tonight. The the Knights going up against the Blackhawks, 
Chicago's last game against, I think it was Boston, they got shut out 3 nothing earlier this week. Um, not a great performance. The Blackhawks are a team that I think a lot of people were maybe a little over-ambitious on with the addition of Connor Bedard. So I, I think Vegas, who's obviously off to a rolling start, they are going to have to lose eventually, but I don't think it's going to come tonight. Um, picking some of their players. Uh, Cotter, uh, we talked to one of our guests earlier this week about uh, his kind of ascension as as a player in the lineup. Devils and Sabres, that has the potential to be a high-scoring affair tonight, I think. Depending on prices, I haven't checked them out yet for, for daily-wise on DraftKings. I like that one. Wild and Capitals, a little bit less so. Ovi scored in two straight, albeit one of them an empty netter. <laughs> um, and then down in Arizona, the Kings and the Yotes. The Coyotes are a team that probably isn't going to make the playoffs, but I think they should be pretty competitive and feisty all season long. So whether it be Vamelka in net, uh, Logan Cooley off to a great start, uh, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz even, um, and Sean Dursey on the back end is a guy I have a lot of faith in as well. We're in that top power play unit. So that might be a game I kind of circle to uh, to take in later as the uh, first game of the World Series is ending. I think I'm going to be watching Kings and Coyotes tonight. A little Pacific Division flair, obviously, with impact on the Edmonton Oilers and my team, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, <laughs> with a big comeback win last night, which was on the TV before the Oilers game started at the Brew House. And then as soon as the Oilers game ready, yeah, see you later, right at the uh, wow. end of the second period. Totally understandable. I wasn't complaining. I was watching more of the football game anyway. So, yeah, those are a couple of teams. And you can kind of, depending on prices, pick and choose some names out of there. Timo Meyer had a, for the Devils, he's a guy we've talked about Bit of a slow start, but he had a couple points the other night. He might be uh, starting to kind of ready to turn it on and turn it up. Dawson Mercer, maybe not so much yet. Uh, from the NHL side, uh, this just coming down, and I don't think this will affect too many people, but Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross has been placed on the exempt list following his arrest. Uh, depth piece for the Chiefs, I, I think a lot of people knowing him out of Clemson when he was undrafted because of the back issues, thought he might be a player down the road, but uh, he will be missing some time. Uh not good stuff surrounding Justin Ross. Uh, Brian Dabble saying that Daniel Jones will be out on Sunday when they take on the New York Jets. So that means Tyrod Taylor gets a start. If you're uh, if you're in a, a deep league and you need Tyrod to bail you out, you're probably in trouble anyways. But uh, not going to be easy for the Jets as Robert Salas saying that Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed both clearing concussion protocol. So they get their cornerbacks back against... Uh, not exactly a powerhouse, so I, I think it's going to be a tough one. If you're the New York Giants, I guess Saquon Barkley is always someone you have to start because you probably invested a, an early draft pick in him as well. But uh, that's he's he's going to be the focal point of the offense in this one. Maybe Waller. Do you think the the Giants' offense is better at all with Tyrod Taylor? It certainly looked it last weekend. Um, better, I don't know. I think it's going to be a pretty game to game basis that. I think this Jets defense is going to eat them up pretty much regardless of who's under center. This might be a worse situation for the Giants because Daniel Jones, with all of his flaws, is a good runner and mm-hmm. mobile and tough. And um, I don't know, maybe mobile's not the road. He's really fast uh, once he gets up to speed. But uh, And Tyrod's not exactly a fence post in there, but this, this Jets defense, it's been one of the best in the league so far this season. They have uh, made some pretty good offenses look quite pedestrian. So what it's going to do up against this anemic Giants uh, offense and O-line, I'm a little uh, nervous for Tyrod Taylor's health, to be totally honest. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, he, he's a very smart quarterback. He'll he'll throw it away. He'll take the hits if he has to. He has uh, a little bit lower of a completion percentage than Daniel Jones, actually which seems surprising. Uh, they both have thrown two touchdowns on the year, albeit Tyrod Taylor doing it in a lot less playing time. 
And Daniel Jones has six interceptions to Tyrod's none. So, yes, it's uh, for the New York Giants, Struddy, my friend. I hope you enjoyed last year, but it seems like uh, that might have been a blip. We'll see if... And then they, they paid Daniel Jones, too. That's the one that just crushes you. Would you move... Could you move on from Daniel Jones? Like, if, if the Giants stink, could you move on? It's kind of a Arizona Cardinals situation, too, with Kyler Murray. Like, if you stink enough and Caleb Williams is there, even though you paid Kyler, like, could you find someone to take him on? Maybe. But I don't know. I just For the New York Giants, I just don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. Obviously, like you said, he can run fast when he gets going, but... Uh, could be a tough one for the old New York Giants going forward. And uh, Brock Purdy, he was limited in practice yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo was back at practice. He had the back issue, but they don't play till Monday when the Raiders take on the Detroit Lions in Detroit City. That'll be a fun one. Jared Goff lighting it up this year. We'll see what happens there for the Raiders and the Lions on a Monday. Okay, let's uh, take a break here. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you here. The text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Get those texts coming in here as soon as you can because uh, we are going to be getting to our first guest of the day. The only guest brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse, Brandon Funston of the Athletic, will join us. Talk a little fantasy football next. You are listening to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports fourteen forty. Halley and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. The show presented by, as always, Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. We're going to talk some fantasy football now with our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win an awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip or two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas at down at the Ice House tomorrow night. Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, will be in the house for a little Pink Whitney party starting at 6 o'clock. So get down there a little bit earlier if you want to hang out with Biz. Maybe have a couple sips of Pink Whitney. Should be a lot of fun with that one. Of course, the Heritage Classic coming up on Sunday. So uh, Biz in town for that one. Uh, Our guest today, long time in the fantasy football game, formerly of the ESPN and Yahoo, now The Athletic. Brandon Funson joins us on the show. Brandon, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank God it's Friday, right? Absolutely. A couple of days closer to some more NFL football. Best time of the week. And uh, I want to ask you about this one. Uh, we saw Dalton Kincaid last night, kind of his first opportunity to be the guy with Dawson Knox out of the lineup. Uh, what is your forecast for Dalton Kincaid going forward this year and then with the eventual return of Dawson Knox to the Bills lineup? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's slowly been kind of building some momentum, but the big key obviously was the Dawson Knox situation and and the opportunities when he can get where Dawson Knox is and also splitting some reps and, and, you know, running some interference, uh, you can see what kind of upside he has. So I think, you know, they're not going to abandon Dawson Knox in that offense. And I think we'll we'll see some regression uh, with Knox back in there, but this guy's clearly uh, someone that they want to continue to build into this offense. And he could be a key player down the stretch for them, just add another weapon. So I would not be surprised if we see his his role continue to grow, maybe at the detriment of a healthy Knox. Brandon, uh, I want to stick with the tight end position because it seems this this show, you know, we always have people talking about the tight end position, and it's people who don't have, you know, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Hawkins, and Kittle. It, it seems to drop off there. Uh, anyone you like this week up in terms of matchups for the tight end position? 
I, I don't love the matchup, but it actually makes a little bit of sense. Uh, the Trey McBride with Zach Ertz out of the way um, could be interesting. And, and the interesting thing also is the Cardinals are sort of playing coy with Kyler Murray uh, and the fact that they could potentially activate him this weekend. I don't think they will, but regardless, against the Ravens, I think the tight end can be a quarterback's best friend. Um, and Trey McBride was a guy that was drafted highly a couple years ago. And with Ertz out, and Ertz was getting a lot of targets in this offense, and I think you know we can think Trey McBride could be a guy that could uh, inherit a lot of those looks. So he's someone I, I think is interesting. Taysom Hill, you know, he's always when you look at roster uh, roster rates, he's always a guy that's not highly rostered. Yet it seems like every week New Orleans is figuring out some way to get him involved. And when you're kind of in the dregs of the tight end position, like I'd roll the dice on, Tra- on Taysom Hill most weeks. Brandon, when you look at uh, the quarterback position, Justin Herbert is a guy who is very highly touted, and it kind of seems like since his quarterback or his center, Corey Lindsley went down, and then he also had the finger injury on his left hand, the numbers haven't been what they were. Uh, what do you think of Justin Herbert's matchup against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night? I love it, I, but you know the eye test has not been good for him the last couple of weeks, and you mentioned some of the issues he's dealing with. He's just been off on his throws. Um, it's a good matchup. I think this is a uh, kind of a, a very much a must-win situation. They're at home. They're on a national televised game. I expect a lot better effort from Justin Herbert this week. I think he'll be a top-five fantasy quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff in the back of your mind if you're a Justin Herbert uh, owner in fantasy football right now because I think he expected a little bit better than this. Uh, sticking with the Chargers, Brandon Funston joining us here on a Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, when Mike Williams went down... A lot of people were scrambling to the waiver wire. Joshua Palmer and Quinton Johnston. Uh, Joshua Palmer has had some big games since that time, but Quinton Johnston just doesn't seem to be utilized. Uh, is there anything you're seeing in that his game or the Chargers offense that makes you think maybe he he could make some plays at some point this season? Could be worthy of a start. I, I you know I wasn't really big on him. Um, going into the year, not like for his career, but just for this year, because if you look at all the guys that were taken in the first round and in the top of the draft, he was probably one of the most raw uh, guys coming in. And I haven't seen him just get himself open a lot. And, um, and I just think it's going to be more of a learning curve year for him than some of the other rookie receivers. And Josh Palmer was a guy I liked a lot coming out of Tennessee and he's been in the system. I think he can capably hold down that, you know, the Mike Williams void there. And I'm sure they will try to pick their spots with Quentin Johnson. But as far as a fantasy entity for this year, I think he's going to be way too much of a hit and miss guy with probably, uh, you know, a lot more hits than, or a lot more misses than hits along the way. Brandon Funston is our guest on Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas with you. Uh, Brandon, sticking with the rookie wide receiver train of thought, uh, we saw Jordan Addison have somewhat of a breakout performance last week, uh, coming a couple weeks after the Jefferson injury officially took place. Do you think that with Addison here, this is uh, last week was a sign of things to come, starting with the Packers here this weekend, or was that more of a, a flash-in-the-pan type performance from uh, the young wide receiver? Well, I think early on when Justin Jefferson was in play, I mean, he was doing what people hoped was that Justin Jefferson would draw a lot of attention. He has the big playability to make defenses pay for doing that. So a little bit more spotty production, um, but also making those those big plays. And then, 
last week you get no Justin Jefferson and you're seeing him kind of assume the Justin Jefferson role and he's getting a lot of targets and looking like an alpha receiver and we wouldn't expect that from KJ Osborne anyways but um, so it's kind of you know I think right now you're going to see the best of Jordan Addison this year while Justin Jefferson's out when Justin Jefferson comes back which is probably maybe week 11 I think we'll see a better receiver than we saw uh, maybe a little bit more consistent receiver than we saw early on I, I doubt that the the muscle memory that Kirk Cousins and him are building right now is going to go away completely. So I think we'll see a little bit better complement to Justin Jefferson than than what we saw even earlier on, when, which was pretty good to begin with. So, I, you know, I think he's looking great in this offense, and he should finish the year strong. Shifting down the line to the running back position, the Cleveland Browns, they've been served pretty well by the transition to Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in the backfield after the uh, the injury to Nick Chubb. Uh, Ford kind of listed as questionable right now heading into the weekend. Whether or not Ford, uh, if Ford plays, do we still expect to see a, a much uh, heavier workload for Kareem Hunt um, starting this weekend against the Seahawks and moving forward? Or as long as Ford's healthy, is it going to still be uh, his backfield most of the time? Well, I thought Kareem Hunt was, uh, you know, even before the injury, was was looking good and and playing himself into more of a classic platoon. I, you know, Jerome Ford has, he's he has not been efficient, but he has been a, fa- a pretty solid fantasy player. And you know, you can take away like two of his carries this year, and I think he's averaging like 1.8 yards per carry or something on on every other carry. So they've had their issues, but it's been masked a little bit by some touchdown scoring and by some big runs. Um, one thing I'll advise, though, is I think this matchup this week against Seattle is terrible. They give up just 2.8 yards per carry to the running back position. And you look at P.J. Walker, a quarterback, he's a 50% completion rate, does not have a touchdown pass, has three interceptions. I think Seattle will be happy to stack that box, shut down that running game, and try to let P.J. Walker beat them through the air and feel pretty good about their chances. Brandon Funston from The Athletic joins us here on Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas. Uh, Brandon, Matchup of the top two picks from this past spring's draft, uh, the Texans and Panthers, C.J. Stroud versus uh, Bryce Young. Stroud off to a much better start in his NFL career thus far, but uh, looking at the matchup-wise, the Texans' defense has nothing to write home about. Uh, In uh, maybe a super flex or deep uh, format league, do you like Bryce Young as a start with the extra motivation that he's going up against uh, the guy that was picked one spot after him? Uh, you know, I think Bryce Young in the last couple times out has looked better. I've seen him make some throws, and I was like, okay, that that looks like an NFL quarterback there. Um, but this is a non-bye week, and I, you know, even in a super flex league, I do not have him in my top 24 quarterbacks. So I would not say he's the greatest play. I mean, I think things are getting better, and if you're in a tough spot, and uh, you know, it's between PJ Walker and Bryce Young, I'm happily putting Bryce Young out there. But um, yeah, I just think team context-wise, Stroud and Texans look like they're a team arrowing up, and Carolina looks like a team that may be looking to uh, you know work another coach into the mix before too long. It's just it's been a struggle for them. I think their backfield right now, I don't know if Miles Sanders can hold on to that job in the backfield. It's just, I think the problem with Carolina generally is you look at that entire offense, those at least at the skill position, it was almost all new people. There's been no continuity there. It's like they brought in Adam Thielen. They brought in Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, they drafted some guys and Hayden Hurst at tight end. So there's really no continuity. I think it's going to be a while before Carolina really starts to click. 
We're talking fantasy football with Brandon Funston here on The Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. If you want to get some questions in, you can text them to one 401 Uh Brandon, I want to ask you about Zach Moss. Uh, since Jonathan Taylor's got back uh, with the team and signing the extension, we're starting to see more and more of him. But Zach Moss kind of quietly second in the league in rushing. And when it comes to yards per game, I think he's only behind Devon Achan. Uh, what do you think the usage will be for Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor going forward in the Colts' backfield? Yeah, I think the the important thing about this is that the Colts Colts are a good team for running the football. They they do really well with their run block win rate, um, and so we've seen Zach Moss look like just a guy, you know, in places in in a short NFL career. Um, he, but you put him in in the right situation, I think the Colts is one of those things. He's going to look good, and Jonathan Taylor should only continue to look better and better as he, as his role grows. But I think, you know, everybody wants to have a, a running back compliment in the NFL these days. This guy's taking a pounding, and, and Jonathan Taylor has, a, you know, they just invested in his future there in Indianapolis. So I think it behooves them to work Zach Moss in continually for, you know, eight to ten touches per game. He's not going to go away completely, but I think he's going to, you know, settle into kind of like that Tyler Algier world, um, maybe even a little bit less so. And uh, we're going to see Jonathan Taylor continue to, just get a little bit more touches each week. If I were to ask you, you know, who is your fantasy MVP so far this season? I think Christian McCaffrey and maybe Tyreek Hill might be the top two nominees. Uh, who, who would be your fantasy MVP so far? Uh, I, you know, I think it's probably Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I, I guess Tyreek Hill, they're, they're right there. Um, you know, I do a big board every, every week that kind of is the rest of season rankings. And the amazing thing is that, um, these guys, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey, are like the the, the next up. Like the Stephon Diggs are like seventy five to eighty percent the production of these guys, and um, you know they're doing it every week. Christian McCaffrey has a touchdown streak going. It's like to have that, especially at the running back position, where uh, you get into you get into the weeds really quickly at running back. There's just not a lot of guys you can hang your hat on this year. I, I think running back is it's just been a struggle for a lot of people once you get past the top 10, 12, and then, you know, then it's just kind of like it becomes a little bit crazier. Uh, it, just having that rock foundational running back piece that, you know, is getting a touchdown every week. It's going to get you some, you know, appreciable yardage as well. Um, I, to me, he's the, he's the number one guy. Brandon, just a question for you from our text line from Slurpee Sean. He's asking about defenses this week. He has Cleveland and Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs take on the Broncos in Denver, the Browns in Seattle. Is there a way you'd go between those two defenses? I would absolutely go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it just was a few weeks ago that the Chiefs intercepted Russell Wilson twice. You know, Denver, you can't, you can't guarantee in any game Denver is going to push you know, 10 or more points. It's been an offensive struggle for that team. But Russell Wilson, as a Denver Bronco, has faced the Chiefs three times, and he has thrown an interception at least one in every game. So uh, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close. And Cleveland's a great defense, but considering the matchup, I would want uh, the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And uh, just one more for you comes in from Dustin. He says, I lack running back depth. I have two options. Looks like it's Kareem Hunt or Gus Edwards. Uh, which way would you go there? I would go with Gus Edwards. Uh, you're looking at Arizona giving up four and a half yards per carry to the running back position, and they give up like 25 running back carries per game. So 
I think it's a pretty safe bet. You're going to get 15-plus carries from Gus Edwards as they sit on that lead. You maybe don't have to use Lamar Jackson in the running game as much. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get 70-plus yards and have a really good shot at a touchdown in that game. I don't see anything close to the upside with Kareem Hunt against Seattle. Excellent. Well, Brandon, thanks so much for doing this today. We really appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we can get you on again later on in the season. Sounds great. Good luck to everybody in week eight and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. That is Brandon Funston of The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter or X at Brandon Funston. I uh, appreciate him coming on today. And uh, yeah, we'll have to get him back on later on in the season. Slurpee Sean says, that's who I got in there. Thanks, boys. Hey, you're welcome. Sean, thank you for listening. Uh, Lance says, good show, boys. Thanks, Lance. We're going to strive for greatness, though. We want a great show, boys. Text next time uh this this is a one that i you know what we'll, we'll take a break no no we, we won't brandon we won't that'd be too early to take a break this is from robin the bert where is the bert by the way is that like alberta that'd be my best guess robin it's not the- some town called like burton or something mm, not that i've come across <laughs> and i've been to a lot of small towns uh, across the whole province i've never never come across bert oh saint albert that makes sense Oh, St. Albert. There yeah. we go. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, our minds do not go there, though. Okay, what is Joe Shiesty's fantasy outlook for the rest of the year? The calf is better. I mean, I think this week, Joe Burrow, for those who don't know Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, this is going to be a huge game for him, I think, against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this is the test we want to see. If the calf is healed, throw him out there against a really good defense and see what he can do. If the issue's continue there might be more questions than answers is it still the injury lingering is san francisco did they get to him after maybe being a little bit embarrassed by Kirk cousins and jordan addison on prime time football monday night but if if joe burrow goes out there and tears it up I i think we could be comfortable to say he's back joe burrow has a tough schedule coming up uh starts with the 49ers on sunday then the bills next week the texans the Ravens, and the Steelers. Obviously, a couple of those are big divisional matchups with uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, both of whom have good defenses. Again, in the Bills' defense, we saw it to really clamp down on the on the Bucks for most of that game. The Texans, not, much, not as much so, but he's in for a tough test. So if you're talking like outlook for the rest of this season, like Connor said, it, it's going to depend on what we see for this Sunday. If I was a Joe Burrow owner, if I had another option, another decent option, I'm not sure I'd be starting Joe Burrow uh, this coming Sunday, partly because of matchup, partly because of what the Niners are coming off of, like Connor said, and because we still don't know. Yes, it's off a bye. In theory, the health should be back to 100%. But this is this is kind of a, a test week for me on Joe Burrow. See what he can do up against this tough Niners D, and if he looks like <laughs> he's back, then I think you can probably roll with them moving forward. But if he uh, continues to get um, you know bottled up, uh, unable to connect with uh, his wide receivers outside of Jamar Chase, the run game doesn't get going to complement uh, the passing that Burrow can provide. I hate to say it because I love Joe Burrow, but it, it might be looking like he's not necessarily a super viable fantasy option, partly because he just has a really tough schedule over the next uh, several weeks. Yeah, uh that, that seems to be the thought. Pro Football Focus giving him the hardest schedule from week eight on, uh, says Rob in the Burt. That's a tough one. But you know what? I mean, if, if Joe Burrow is 
who we think he is and he gets paid to be, then you you know you should believe in him that he can do what he can do. He's got the receivers. Can the offensive line keep him upright? Can he make the plays? But yeah, Niners, Bills, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags. Uh, there's some tough ones in there. We'll see what he can do going forward. And then just to round out the schedule, like you said, the, the Jags are all of a sudden that first week of December. Colts, Vikings, sure. But then Steelers, Chiefs, Browns to finish the season off. Like the Bengals are in tough here and they because they did not do themselves any favor with their tough start to the year. That division looks like a killer. I honestly thought the Steelers were going to be the worst team in this division by a pretty wide margin, but they're no slouches. That defense is for real. And of course it has TJ Watts. So that shouldn't really be a surprise, but that the Bengals are going to have to get, uh, do something super impressive with this tough schedule to probably even think about a wild card spot at this point. Because like I said, they kind of shot themselves in the foot here for the first uh, uh, six, seven weeks of the season. Six, uh, obviously coming off the bye here. So the Bengals, the Bungles, they're in tough. 100%. And I mean, we should know. When you have Mike Tomlin and TJ Watt, you got a chance. That, that offense is up and down. I'm not exactly sure what to make of it. But you got a game wrecker in Watt and you got a great coach in Mike Tomlin. He'll have, have them competitive. Lamar Jackson looks to be getting back to his MVP form. That's going to make things tough. It's a lot of cold weather games too. you know, factor that in, especially for fantasy. When you're looking at a quarterback, it will be a, a tough one. Now, when we come back from break, uh, we got a text in here from Dustin about a trade he completed dynasty style. We'll talk about that. We've got Braden, Farmer Brian, Scalding Gord says, yes, Brandon is great. Connor is bringing it down. I agree. And uh, Robin the Bird says, happy Friday. Happy Bert or Happy Friday also says don't say bungles or I'll come visit you guys. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy Friday. This boy needs some more caffeine to wake up and get the the final segment going. Now when we come back though, we will get back in the inbox. We'll talk some NFL. Like I said, we got that trade we want to talk about. We'll judge. It's in a dynasty league, so we're talking long term. I will also let you know what's coming up on the lowdown with Low Tide and the Jason Greger show. All that and more on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Scalding Gord says, need energy, Connor? Snap into a Wilhawk. I might. I might do that, actually. Take a little stroll down to the old kiosk. Get the $20 bag. Crush it in a couple minutes. Be ready to go. Good start to the weekend. If anybody's uh, looking for energy, although it is tasty, I do not recommend a 40-ounce steak from the Canadian <laughs> brew house. That, uh, that's more of a bedtime snack to help you coast into multiple, multiple hours of uninterrupted sleep as I did last Friday afternoon. <sighs> yeah, but that sounds pretty nice too, doesn't it? How often does the brew house, is it a once a year thing they do 40-ounce steak night? Patty, if you're out there, please let us know. Because... I don't even need to ask Patty about this side of it at, I think, what was it? forty nine ninety nine a plate. Yeah. So that was the price. I think for what you're getting for that price, there's no way they were coming out ahead on that. That's the brew house doing like a community favor for everybody. Be like, Hey everybody, we want to support some local farms, all this beef. Let's uh, serve it up in massive portions at a great price. 
So I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a once a year thing because uh, I don't think any businesses, even ones as successful as the brew house, can take uh, that big of a lick multiple times a year where they're handing out several hundred bucks worth of beef for only 50 uh, per plate. So you got to go down and, and have a few drinks, you know, balance. It that's, out. that's how it's supposed to balance it, balance it out. But um, not every like I'd originally said when we were talking about the 40 ounce steak thing in leading up to it saying, oh, yeah, I'd have to have a couple beers. I don't think I could have fit them in. <laughs> It would have been tough. <laughs> It'd be a battle. Uh, CBH, we want to head down to the Ice House tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Biz Nasty. Paul Bissonette will be down there for a little Pink Whitney party. Oh, I'm jealous. So uh, if, you, if you are going to get down there, don't roll in at 6 o'clock. You got to get there at like 4, 5. Enjoy it. Uh, the atmosphere down in the Ice District is fantastic. Uh, I went to the game last night. It's, it. I used to have kind of like a, a fear of going downtown just because of parking. I used to hate it, but... I've been down there a couple of times this year. It's actually quite easy. You can park like kitty corner to the brew house. There's a nice parkade there. Lots of space. And uh, yeah, it works out very well. We'll be down at the ice house a couple of times for Monday night football and Thursday night football. And then the conference championship games. Uh, we're looking forward to that one. But yeah, if you want to go out there and meet biz, you can do so. The six o'clock pink Whitney party down at the ice house on Saturday night. Let's get back into the inbox here. Farmer Brian says Superflex PPR spot. Ooh, Brian, I already got some names I'm Xing off in my mind. Sam Howell, Gardner Minshew, Calvin Ridley, Javante Williams, Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, I love the guy. Have him on my team in one of my deeper leagues, but I just don't believe that he's a guy you can trust week to week. Calvin Ridley, could he bounce back? It is very possible, but it's possible he has another quiet game, so I'm not too sure about that one. Javante Williams, there's another guy I love, but I don't know about. I'm just looking at that Minshew magic, man. And maybe I'm off here, but the Minshew magic, he he kind of goes out there and slings it and makes things happen. So that that might be where I go. Quarterback, what do you think, Brandon? But basically through the process of elimination that you just went through, it kind of seems like Minshew's the answer. But the name at the top of this list that sticks out to me, <laughs> Sam Howell. It's your guy. He's, he's kind of my guy. I picked him up and he's been you know, decent as a, as a QB two in a super flex, much like with what uh, farmer Brian's dealing with here. Um, they play the Eagles who are the best team in the NFC record wise right now. And maybe beyond that as, as well, maybe the best team in the NFL, but the commanders for some reason, always play the Eagles close. Even this season already, when the commanders were pretty much the bottom of the barrel, they played the undefeated Eagles at the time very close. And to do that, you would have to think that your quarterback would be a, a pretty decent fantasy producer in that game because you know the Eagles are going to put up points regardless, pretty much who they're playing. And so if, if the commanders can keep this trend going and make this a close game or a watchable game, that would have to mean that Sam Howell's doing some magic on his own side of the ball as well. So... I'll say Sam Howell because I'm rolling with him. I'm playing him in my super flex spot. Uh, him and CJ Stroud, they're my boys. Uh, have been since a couple weeks in when I uh, ditched old Kenny Pickett, who, not, who proved to be not a great choice by me. Um, but I think Minshew's the best second option. It's in the super flex spot, especially in a week like this where every team is playing. It, it, you, you have to go quarterback there. It gives you the most opportunity for success. 
Um, I've played other positions in my super flex based on bye weeks and injuries, but uh, with this many guys on the board right now, I think you got to go QB into the super flex. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Uh, Minshew in the last couple games, averaging over 300 yards through the air. The touchdown total could be higher. The interception total could be lower, uh, but it is your flex, and and we can go from there. Imitation Tom says, "Good to see Tage Thompson get going here." Uh, one goal in his first six games, and in his last game on Tuesday. 6-4 win over the Sens, three points. I mean, I don't know if he's getting going. It's one game. we got to see him kind of put that back together. I think you have to give him the the belief that he can continue this, uh, but we shall see. Tage Thompson uh, been a heck of a player the last couple of years. Coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, uh, of course, for the first hour, they're talking Oilers. Oilers falling to the Rangers. They got uh, a day off today and tomorrow. And Sunday, it is the Heritage Classic down at Commonwealth Stadium. They'll probably get out there do that little family skate on the rink. I think if, I think the media is allowed to go skate on the rink today as well. That's think, what Kevin said this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not invited, but you know, <laughs> like the big time media members, they're invited. I don't know, Connor. Uh, I was taking a peruse through the this season's NHL media guide, and yeah. there's a couple names in there that were not last season, like you, me, you, Declan Kruger. I've been in the, the media guide for the last sick few brag, years. Connor. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is the uh, entire <laughs> Sports 1440 crew uh, listed in this season's NHL media guide. So I think if you just flash that, that'll get you in the door. Yeah, it's heard of me? So I'm like my my <laughs> Twitter profile or X. Um, yeah, that was cool to see us in the in the media guide this year. I didn't know if it would be that quick, but hey. We pull no punches. We got right in there. Uh, the boys on the lowdown with low tide will be joined by Steve Lansky as well. Big Mel Sports. Tyler, your Emchuk will be by at 120 also to talk a little bit about those Edmonton Oilers. Love your Emchuk on the station. He always uh, has some really good points. So that'll be up after us. And then on the Jason Greger show, we will be joined by Ken Reed. He's got a new book. He was going to come out here and join us in studio, but he missed his flight. His cab didn't come. Unbelievable. So he, he's going to be coming out. He doesn't get into town now until about 8 o'clock. He's got a book signing down at Chapters, I think, just below us, actually, tomorrow afternoon. If you want to grab his new book, get it signed, get a picture, he'll be doing that tomorrow. I'll talk to Ken all about that, get the info then. Uh, Jarrett Stoll will join us at 2.20, obviously, with the LA Kings right now. But he played in the Heritage Classic way back in 2003. I was there. It was freezing, but nobody cares about my perspective. What was his perspective leading into that game and just how big they have become since then? We'll be joined by Cam Tate, as we always are for the two-minute warning every Monday and Friday. Randy Purvis will join us to talk about the Heritage Classic. We'll have Andrew Peard go inside the community, see what the Edmonton Oil Kings are up to this weekend. Wanye Gretzin at 4 o'clock as our co-host will join be joined by Craig Button. Mark Spector, and Alan Mitchell, and we'll hear another edition of Wanye's World at 5.40. So a lot to get to here on Sports 14.40 in the next few hours. And, uh, of course, we'll have Fox Sports all weekend keeping you busy. Their coverage of footballs on Sunday is amazing. So uh, tune into that, especially if you're out and about. Uh, Triple C in a truck says Eagles just upgraded on safety. Yeah, Kevin Biard coming over from the Tennessee Titans. Kind of joke, like, Tyree Kill got past their safety on one play, and the Philadelphia Eagles are like, okay, that's enough. We're upgrading. And I love that. I love that from teams that are the best, and they continue to upgrade. Carolina Panthers uh, last year sending McCaffrey to the Niners. Loved it for the Niners. I think John Lynch is a heck of a GM. So is Roseman out in Philly. And those are always good moves. Serpico says half PPR need two guys Downs, Palmer, London, G. Wilson. 
half point PPR. So all receivers, Garrett Wilson. The only problem I have is that Garrett Wilson's quarterback is average, as is Drake London's. Josh Palmer has been more of a target for Herbert, so I probably look at that one. Downs, he's been kind of a hot topic on this show. What do you think, Brandon, very quickly? Downs, Palmer, London, Garrett Wilson. Josh Palmer for sure, and uh, I'll go with Garrett Wilson. I think the Jets are going to actually steamroll the Giants. I think so too, but I think it's going to be on the ground. So I will lean. You know what? Downs. Give me downs. More downs. Serpico. Uh, Scalding Gord says, Mr. Howell. Uh, flash it. Oh, okay. There is a picture and then another one. Oh, Gord. Always appreciate the text. Uh, that'll do it for us here on the Frenzy. Up next, it is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your fantasy life. And we will talk to you on Monday. First, let's get to a sports update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.